No matter the industry, leaders need to hold these things dear. Who we serve, how we serve, why we serve. This is People, Process, Service, a Frontline Source Group podcast. Welcome back to People, Process, Service, everyone. I'm Tyler Kern. And I'm thrilled to be joined once again by Bill Casco. Bill, it's been a while, man. I tell you, I think uh, your hair's shorter. It might be. Yeah, I, I think don't you know. may have some gray hair. It's been uh, <sighs> crazy. I looked down the other day and realized it's been six months. Six months since we were last uh, sitting in this room having a discussion. Can you even believe it? No. No, I, I really can't. And, uh, you know, today is really about just kind of catching up and yeah. and saying, hey, we're back. Uh, we waited a while to to let everything kind of calm down. Uh, try to figure out exactly what's going on, obviously, and, and to understand as we keep telling people, there's this new norm, uh, the new way that we're doing business and the new way that we're, even from a podcast standpoint and bringing guests in. And I don't know, there's so many things to kind of touch on and talk about that it's great to be back here and at least for us getting back to the norm as well and, and the podcast. So we're excited about this. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to have you guys back up here in the studio and uh, this just feels feels like my my return to the office is somewhat complete now. Uh th- now that you're here, we're doing another podcast. It's crazy. I'm I'm only coming into the office 3 days a week. Mm-hmm. Uh and so even that has changed. Uh I always had discussed and talked about working from home, not having to come in so much. Uh and and I think over the years everybody forced me, "Hey, do that, do that." And I would say, "Oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to work from home." And then I would never work from home. <laughs> and now it was like we were forced to work at home and then slowly being able to get back into the groove, but you know, this this whole thing is obviously there's so many different avenues and things to discuss. And so, uh, you know, part of our show has always been discussing the people, the process and the service, our philosophy, and we really have never discussed our business and what Frontline Source Group really does and and the effect of this on the employment side has been obviously devastating. This has been yeah. so much different than a recession that we kind of can see coming over the the hills and as as the clouds roll in, we we prepare for it, we know what's coming. This just hit us all out of the blue. And so from from our side in the industry, it affected us greatly. I mean, when they talk about falling off a cliff, uh it was a cliff. I mean, we went right off the cliff. The good news is and I'm, and I'm happy to report six months uh, into this and, and recovery happening. It is happening, everybody. So it's slow and it's different sectors and mm-hmm. it's not one area and it's one, not one location. But I will tell you, uh, Texas is very strong. Texas is def- definitely back on that the right path. Uh, and it's happening. It's just not happening like we want. It's not happening for the certain sectors and, and certain industries, the hospitality, the, the restaurant business, the, the travel, uh, airline business. I mean, it's just those are the areas that are being hit. You know, we've been through these different recessions where oil and gas was the one that was hit. And so we went through that entire industry just being devastated. Um, but this is an unusual situation for us. Yeah. And, and understanding the regulation, I mean, let, let, understanding the virus <laughs> before even the regulation, yeah, uh, trying to stay on top of the government regulation, trying to stay on top of the government putting out guidelines and then changing it less than 24 hours later, and and then not understanding which way do we go, and then having to having to obviously deal with people that are uh, that become sick from the virus or, or you know as sad as it is that are passing away from it, uh, being affected, and I think when 
when all of us have gone through this in the beginning, it was, I don't know anybody yet. I don't know anybody. And then you would start, oh, I know that person. Yeah. Um, and, and then it starts hitting closer to home. And, and boy, we've been through so many ups and downs. And so uh, the last six months, uh, just as everybody said, I mean, it's just a new world. It's a new time. And it's unbelievable. There, there wasn't a book on this. Uh, and so we're doing the best we can to put people back to work. And and part of that getting back to work is us getting back to the regular parts of our day as well. And and this podcast and talking about the the strong companies that are going to make it through uh, the strong companies because they had the right people in place. Mm. Um, they had process, which is a huge thing for us to really talk about. And they're giving the right service. You know, I told someone the other day, we're at 11% unemployment, let's call it. Okay. Um, that's still 89% of the people working. And right. we need to focus on that that we're still at that number. And that that's really a, a great number to, to look at and to discuss because there are a lot of great companies out there that have figured out how to do this. Mm. And that's part of that discussion today is catching up and understanding what are we looking at going forward? What are we going to do? And, and how does this all play out? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I've, I've been really curious to ask you is um, because you guys were in business before the 08 recession and went through that. And I'm real curious just to hear from your perspective of compare and contrast the two circumstances, because obviously they're different, but how are they different and how have they been different for you and and, and the industry that you work in? That's a great question. And so, you know, that recession, depression, whatever we want to call it, (laughs) that uh, complete debacle was, goes back again to that analogy that it was the the storm. We could, we could see the clouds coming over the hills. Mm -hmm. And so it didn't happen overnight. It was gradual. It was a six to nine month kind of process that went through of credit markets tightening up, our clients not paying bills, and slowly companies seeing uh, issues in different supply chains that were taking place, and the housing market that 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 took place, uh, businesses having to kind of figure out how are they going to make it or not make it, and so. There were guidelines and things to follow, and, and we watched it. We really watched a a really great market from hiring uh, really slowly and painfully kind of go over the cliff mm-hmm. and start to slow down and layoffs take place. And that was an 18-month at least kind of process we went through of watching it bottom out and then as it rebounded, slowly start to come back. And, and so – the thing with that was that you had companies that were in business but had scaled back. Um, they had to, you know, analyze their cash flow. How do we make it longer? What's taking place? The outlooks were unknown, uh, and then there were so many different parts of that because it didn't affect one sector. You know, we would have the housing market start to, to the bubble and the breakage of all of the the mortgage side of things, but then we also had gas prices go through the roof. All of a sudden, we were paying like four fifty five dollars a gallon. And so you had a lot of multiple fronts that you were fighting at the same time. This time, it just happened overnight. Huh. I mean, it literally uh, took place in a – well, I think in, in my mind, as I look back and think about it, um, and, and to share some of this, uh, my wife and I were in Hawaii. We, we actually had uh, been gone for two weeks, uh, and, and we were in Kauai, and it was completely – you had no idea this was going on. I mean, there was talk about it. It was like, oh, it's like a flu, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we had already been flying on planes and wiping down our seats and the tray tables and everything else. But right. it was t- like 
oblivious. You know, there was yeah. a discussion. It was like, ah, you know, I don't think this is any big deal. That was uh, February 15th through the end of the month. And mm -hmm. so came back that first week in March and I started saying, guys, I think this is actually going to be a little bit worse. Yeah. This, this just seems to be something that we need to be concerned about. And then as we started to watch it, it was within two weeks that it just changed. It, it completely went over uh, the edge of the cliff, and we watched in a matter of just a couple weeks uh, what took place from the shutdowns to no hiring to the layoffs to closing of the businesses. Um, but what's interesting more than anything about this entire side of things from a business standpoint was that in 2007 and eight we were really not prepared internally with a process to be able to handle everyone overnight working from home. And part of that was what allowed us to flip a switch, send everyone home mm -hmm. um, because of the technology that we had implemented over the past 12 years uh, and upgraded all of our systems to voice over IP, to laptops, to technology, uh, and enabling us to be able to do videos, um, all of our electronic documents and we had gone, we're, we're pretty much at 99, I would say pre COVID we were at like 99% paperless, uh, to now, which is almost a hundred percent, but having all of that process in place allowed us to literally flip, flip a switch, send everyone home, uh, change the way we were doing business and say we're up and running still. And we really didn't miss anything. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have the business either because people weren't hiring. But again, a lot of our clients were able to do that as well. We were very lucky to be able, we, we had a lot of, uh, a lot of clients that had to let people go. We had a lot of clients, uh, about 20%, I would say actually 20, oh, maybe up to 25% that have, they're out of business today. Um, but we, we had vital individuals that were on contract with us. So contractors, and our temporary side of our business, uh, and then our permanent placement, our direct hire side of our business, obviously stopped. Um, and and so we we watched as these companies figured out how they were going to do it, and that was kind of our philosophy: was you got to figure it out. You, you, every company is going to have to figure out how do we operate in this different business setting. How do we operate with separation? How do we operate? You know, for years we all talked about our company culture. How do we create a company culture still and have this? And so in the beginning, it was almost as if they said, okay, forget all of that. I mean, that's out the door. What we need to do is figure out how to survive. And, and that's what they did. And so companies went into survival mode. And so because it was such a difference um, and, and it wasn't something that anybody could have predicted and that it wasn't something that any company caused, this was something that Thankfully, the government came in with, you know, loans to help businesses. And so the, the PPP was really uh, probably in my lifetime that most outside of the box thinking to say, how do we save people's jobs? How do we keep people uh, employed as many as we can? Because if we don't, uh, they're not going to be able to, to feed their families. They're not going to be able to make payments on things. How do we do this in a way to keep small businesses running which is 55% of the GDP in this country. Uh, how do we keep this, this incredible wheel that was churning and, and creating jobs going so that it doesn't overflow the states? 
uh, because the states are not going to be able to, to fund all of this. Um, and and did, they made mistakes. Yes, they, they absolutely made mistakes. Uh, and as I said in the beginning, part of that is the government regulation that they put out that would change. We didn't know it's working. It's not working. We're going to do this. We're not going to do that. But at the end of the day, they did something. Uh, they did something to help businesses. Now, I kind of took the philosophy of just do something. We'll figure out what it's going to cost us later. But we got to get through this. Uh, and so they did that. Uh, they they did things with the unemployment mm-hmm. so that uh, people could still feed their families, could still make payments on things. They they did help. No, they didn't do it 100% correct. There's no way they would have ever done it 100%. And, and by the way, there is no way this country's ever going to agree that they ever did everything perfect. So let's forget it. But at least they did something. Sure. So we, we made a movement in the right place. And, you know, it's that whole idea that generations are going to pay for this. And I, I said that when they did this. If you think that we're not going to have to pay for this down the road, guys, we're going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at least we're getting through it. At least it wasn't a true depression. I mean, we could have been in a depression so quickly with people, which was just so sad to see. Not only did we have people being sick, not only did we have people dying, but when you looked at the food lines of people uh, out getting food from the food banks and the number that we're having to do that, it just, it was sickening. I mean, we still had people that didn't get all of the benefits because they truly were on unemployment before. Uh, They truly didn't go into unemployment because of COVID. So there were gaps, there were problems. But businesses had to figure out, how do we maintain? How do we survive? How do we take care of our people? What's the best thing to do? And what we watched and, and observed from a 10,000 foot level was that our clients were resilient. Our clients and companies figured it out. And they did exactly what the entrepreneurial side of this country is built on is that they figured it out. They were either going to make it or not. And so we watched them take care of their people the best they could. Yes, you had to have people furloughed, but then they were bringing them back. Um, a lot of companies didn't furlough, furlough them for as long as people had anticipated. And so even for us, we had to make a change. Our business dropped at one point. The true number is it was 70% off. Uh, and, and we didn't have a choice. And so uh, we had to make hard decisions to, to unfortunately furlough. I had been talking about this uh, and that we had needed to watch it. Uh, for really, it was uh, the total time was probably about four weeks. Uh, I, I couldn't promise that we weren't going to have to make tough decisions, but I said we will figure it out and get through it, and we did. And, and we had to make tough decisions. And you know, I'm very happy to say, at this point, uh, second day of September that we're sitting here, everyone that we had furloughed, we brought back or allowed to come back. Now, some didn't want to. Some uh, during the furlough time found another opportunity and took it. And, and, and that's great. I mean, we're sorry to see them go, but we did the best that we could do with what we had. I'm also happy to say that the hiring is back. And uh, we've been very lucky to to obtain new clients, to obtain new opportunities. Uh, but we also became very creative and entrepreneurial to say, let's. we weren't in the healthcare industry. Let's put it that way first, right? We weren't doing healthcare things. And we were approached with people to take temperatures. And uh, we were like, uh, okay. Uh, But it was a need. And we said, we'll figure out how to find these people. And so we started doing that. And that led us from the temperature taking people 
to then being involved in the people actually doing the swabbing and the testing across the state of Texas on the contract at these test sites with the, all of these healthcare people, which is not anything that we would have ever done. But I was reminded of during the hurricanes in Houston when our vice president at the time approached me because he had been approached because there was a, a group that was the SPCA. They had been approaching companies to take care of dog. They needed dog walkers uh, <laughs> in Houston. And, and, and they approached us because someone had referred and said, call Frontline. These guys, they'll look at anything and, you know, see if they can figure out how to make it work. And I told them, I go, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know about the workman's comp on that. How do we do that? How do we get that? And, and I said, what are we really looking at? And he said, there's over 30,000 dogs and cats wow. that are misplaced. And they're all at the Reliance Center and they need help. And and the SBCA needs help. And so we we actually did the deal with the SBCA and it lasted for almost nine months and had we put, I don't know, 50, 75 people to work walking dogs every day. Uh and it, they were full time positions until every last animal was moved to a different location. And so I was reminded that in times of need, we've always looked at different ways to do business. And so we we took a look at a stab at this and and sure enough uh we did it and so today we have we're staffing in the state of Texas and different locations all across the state we actually have a group of people uh that on monday uh with this same group flew to michigan they're in michigan doing testing uh in the state they're in detroit my understanding uh and helping out and so it it's opened up doors to things which for us was being creative and so it was about our people, which it goes totally back to our whole discussion that our companies, along with ours, had to figure out how do we do things. But we had the right people in place and we had the right attitude. And so our people were willing to do whatever it was going to take to be successful. We were willing to do whatever it was going to take to make sure that our great company that we had created on our 16th year was going to make it through. And so it was one uh, one opportunity after another that we kind of took on. But because we had the right people in place and because our process to operate had been true and tested over the years, because we knew uh, that with the right people that our process would work, we didn't miss a beat, mm -hmm. that we were able to take something like this on. And, and it tested us. And let me tell you, there were things that we've never had to do before that we had to figure out how to do. And, and actually, I think, made us better. Sure. Uh, because... We were able to 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 understand, and actually, even some of our software, we, we didn't realize uh, that it would work like that, and we're able to go in and actually have some things customized to make us even more efficient. Uh, that we were able to go to the next sec next section to give that service to not only our client, but we felt like we were giving a service back to the community uh, and and to the country as a whole, and doing our part, which has been kind of that feeling from our clients when we have these conversations that. They're trying to get back to work. They're trying to put people back to work. They have a need. Um, we still are a very industrial company or country that that has to produce things, and, and companies want to be back to work. So right. the contrast between the two times, it just doesn't even compare. I mean, it's just two different situations, uh, but we did utilize that mindset of operating like it was a recession. And mm -hmm. that we cut back on our expenses and areas, um, looked at our budgets very close, um, looked at our people to make sure 
hey, we have enough staffing for that we, we, internally where we're at. And then we've continued to look for additional internal staff, even for us. I mean, we're, we're just like everyone else, very cautious about what's happening right now. But the two are so different. They're, just, they're, they're very, very different in the mindset because now we're also not as close niche. We're not all back in the office. We're not in an environment where we're all sitting next to each other. We're not um, able to do some of the same things that we were able to do before. Uh, thank God every day that all of us have been well. Now at this point, the numbers also, I mean, you know, all of us, I think, look at the numbers and go, I, I don't know what to believe. Um, they're behind on reporting the numbers. The yeah. testing centers aren't as busy as they were before. I can tell you that, which is a positive. But I think people are going to the testing centers when they truly believe that they're sick. So the numbers that are reported from a positive rate are going to be higher because when it wasn't like that, we actually, I actually was on site at one of them. Uh, and in talking with people that are coming through the sites, you know, the discussion is, well, are you, do you have any symptoms now? Well, why are you here? I just want to get tested. So you didn't have, you had a lot of people just wanting to get tested to get that, you know, reassurance. Sure. And so, but now you have people that are truly are, they have symptoms and they, and they need to know for sure. But you also have testing centers, um, everywhere now. I mean, private side doing testing. And so there's definitely a lot more, the, the ability to go out and have a test now is a lot different than it was six months ago. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, I know we all question things and I, I don't know. It's such a hot, hot sports opinion on this whole thing that how do you look at it and say, I don't know that there's any right or wrong. But if we ever, if anybody thinks that for a moment the government's ever going to get 100% right, you're crazy. They're never, it doesn't matter who's running it. It's never going to be 100% correct. There's always going to be flaws in this stuff. Um, and, and I think the best thing is that we've all learned, you know, to do things different. Um, but there's also other positives that have come out of this. One of the things to me, I think um, when we talk about the differentiating of the two times is you, you look at families, you look at the way mm -hmm. that families have come closer together in, in many ways. Um, you, you didn't really have a choice if you were stuck together. Um, um, and so that, that's been a, an interesting positive. I, I laughed the other day because someone said, you know, there's, there are no positives that have come from this. I'm like, no, there are. I mean, Look, I, I'm not going to lie. I uh, really was never watching Netflix before. I, I didn't. Uh, uh, I didn't really get it, which is kind of crazy because I'm kind of a technology guy. Uh, but now, uh, you know, I did, and and was sucked into different shows and brought you to the 21st it, it century. It did. It really yeah. did. And and now it's like Ozarks. I want to see the. I want to see season three. So you know, I don't know. I mean, there are things that uh, that enlightened us, I guess, to different areas that we can kind of now laugh about. And yet there's a lot of darkness and sadness to it. And so you don't want to do that. And then of course, politically and everything else that's gone on, it's just, it's just sad. Mm -hmm. And, and the discussions that need to take place should be taking place and, you know, doing the right thing is what we need to do and moving forward. It's just so many different things happened this time that it wasn't just a recession or something. It yeah. was, it was this pandemic along with social unrest and arising and people finally having people have these discussions and look at things. And, uh, and then on top of it, we're in the middle of this, uh, political time of a, an election and the, all the craziness on top. So, um, yeah, six months later, I look at it and 
is it is it the same now? It's it's totally a different situation. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me just in talking to a number of companies during this time and getting their perspective is that the, the companies that have done particularly well have been innovative and adaptable throughout this time, just able to to make quick pivots. And I, I think that that relies a lot on people and process and having a process that you're confident in, but also one that's able to flex given the situation, right? And you have to be able to trust people that they're still going to do their jobs to the best of their abilities when they're working from home and, and more out of sight, let's say. And so I think that that has really driven things home for me, just the the importance of people process service during this time, but even with that, the ability to flex as needed and process is obviously going to look different when you have more people working from home. That's just that's just how it is. But companies that have been able to innovate in using their process and p- companies that have been able to um, be adaptable and show those qualities, I think have have shown well during this time. And I get that particular industries are going to struggle more than others, and you can be the most innovative restaurant in the world, you're still not going to be doing what you were doing this time last year. But uh, those have been some of the hallmarks of things that have stood out to me just about the companies that have that have succeeded during this time. Yeah. And, you know, it's crazy. So in our industry, from a staffing side, staffing industry overall, you know, it's always been about having the people in the office, you're making so many phone calls and you you it's office driven and activity driven. And so one of our very close friends, uh, um, in the business, a company out of Denver called Bradsby Group, and Ron Shackett uh, and Greg Pay that run the company. It's interesting, you know, they had at the time like 125 recruiters working in their office, and they're all in their office, 125 in this wow. one location, and and they weren't set up to go remote. And so when this hit, it was a a quick snap that all of a sudden uh, they had to change and adapt. And so part of that is how businesses change the way they're doing things. And so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in the long run for them uh, and for businesses that are doing that, because it's not just one sector. I mean, think about call centers. I mean, call centers can't operate the same way, right? And so these open formats at J.P. Morgan Chase, and I think about these buildings in downtown, you know, in Manhattan, for example, let's say, and you've got floors upon floors of these just open concept things. How how are they going to operate? Yeah. How can they bring the people back in and operate? And so you start thinking about that and the fallout from different industries and what's going to happen. That's the piece that we haven't seen yet from this that I don't know that we will until sometime next year, which is interesting because even thinking about people that we interviewed for the podcast over the past year, Going back to, and, and one of the things I know that we've been discussing and talking about is really we're going to do a show where we're going to recap and, and go back to these people. I mean, I want to go back to Scott Lowe at 5G, and I want to have a conversation. And I want I want to hear from Scott about architects and what's happening in the commercial side across this country. And you think about all of these different areas where they were involved in, in designing retail stores and, and commercial buildings and hotels. Uh, you know, they had just opened the Virgin Hotel here in Dallas that they designed. And, and how is that going to change their business? Or I think about Bobby Barajas at, um, with uh, Perot um, and their company and the healthcare side and having Bobby come back in to really discuss the healthcare side. I mean, what has it done with their business? Because you would think, oh, it's healthcare automatically. It's it's through the roof. It's got to be. But but is it? And how is it affecting? Sure. And then, you know, uh, Kyle Noonan. And I think about Kyle 
with his rustic uh, restaurants and bowl and barrel. And you think about everything going on. I saw Kyle uh, do an interview on CNBC during this and was discussing they were opening up a brand new rustic in San Antonio. How, how has that affected the restaurant business? We know it's been devastating, but how are they getting through that? And what did they change? And how did they have things in place that would allow them to to have that success moving forward? And then, you know, it's so ironic uh, that the last person we did a podcast with and interviewed was Michael Gordon. And, and if you guys remember, Michael was the co-founder of Teladoc. I mean, this guy was one of the founders climbing a mountain, right? It was a Kilimanjaro or something, yeah. wasn't it, right? Yeah. And, and he comes with this idea to create this teledoc thing where you can talk to doctors remotely. And what was the whole discussion during the beginning of this whole thing? It was about teledoc and about being able to use telemedicine. Uh, and then on top of that, you know, he's doing this whole space program and going back to the moon. And during this whole side, what do we get? We get SpaceX that successfully launches, lands, launches, lands, sends to the International Space Station this rocket. I want to have Michael. I want to talk to him and hear yeah. not only about Teladoc, uh, but about his thing to back to the moon. And wow, things that were are happening during something like this, something positive does come out of all of it. Uh, and so I, I just think, you know, looking at the the changes and, and the process that people had in place, it will be very interesting to have these conversations, not only about all of the ones that we visited last year or in this year, rather, um, but even looking at going forward about businesses and the commercial and uh, real estate side of things. One of our one of the guests we're going to have on here in the next couple of weeks uh, has become a friend. Is uh, a gentleman by the name of David Cobb out of Florida. Uh, who interesting story? He's a commercial real estate broker, runs a successful business there in Florida, and really can't wait to have him on and really discuss what's happening in Florida because. You had all of these people exiting New York. Guess what? They were headed to Florida. And, and I heard some numbers on housing prices in Florida that are, it's stupid crazy how, how much they've increased yeah. with what's going on there. Um, but but David uh, invited me to be a part of a book uh, that he's writing and a chapter we did together. Uh, and so we're going to have David on, but it's interesting. David's grandfather was the famous baseball player, Ty Cobb, and just a really interesting guy. But I think to have him on and understand What's taking place in the commercial side, especially in Florida, is going to be interesting. So I'm kind of excited about kind of moving forward with the the podcast and talking about the different areas and avenues. And then we have a lot of other guests that we're talking with uh, who want to come on, who are already scheduled to come on before all of this hit. And uh, just kind of jump-starting this and getting back into it is going to be exciting and fun. And, you know, as I've said before, not only from a business side, but even this, we're going to figure out how to do this. We're going to do some things different. Uh, we're talking about doing some uh, more video side of things, almost a TV show, yeah, uh, which is exciting to do these video interviews. And you've had me do a couple with you guys on on your shows, which is exciting. And so I think we're going to utilize the video uh, Zoom side of things and uh, do these uh, TV shows a little bit more because, again, uh, our reach is a lot different and we're utilizing the technology. We don't have to come into the studio necessarily every time when we can now do so many things remote. And so we're going to kind of figure it out as we go forward too. Yeah, that's been a big innovative thing, I think, is just that everyone realizes, 
okay, I can I can get comfortable using Zoom, and all of a sudden I just have a really quick, easy way to record video. So right. why not turn around and make some content out of it, and you know, evangelize your business more. You know, it was before COVID. We had already been doing video interviews. Yeah, for like. I don't know, eight, eight, nine years, sure. solid. Sure. Uh, in the last five years, we, we stopped completely bringing people into our offices and went to video interviews because it was more convenient for the person. Mm-hmm. On top of it, the job market being as tight as it was from an employment side, people didn't have time. They were working. And so that's why we were so ahead of the curve. But it, the employers were still antiquated back to the that kind of the, think of it as an analog time frame where they wanted to be in person for every interview they weren't open to doing the videos but man has it changed now yeah. it's like okay we're speeding up and i i i kind of correlate that to the idea of and i actually saw this the other day somebody was still using AOL as their email address but <laughs> it was the difference between the dial up modem and going to you know the fiber on internet yeah. and so all of a sudden everybody realized which again, that was another thing that was interesting, was to find out even our internal staff when we sent them home to work, they were like, "Oh, um, my my uh, internet speed is only like a three megabyte." And I'm like, "What? I do? I, oh yeah, I really don't use it. I do everything on my phone." And you're like, "Yeah, you're gonna need to get that upgraded." Yeah. And and all of a sudden, you found out that wow, there were people that were way behind, mm-hmm. and and that was another part of that curve was. You had industries that were extremely busy between cable and AT&T or, or, or Verizon. Sure. All of a sudden doing these upgrades and people are like, what? I got to wait 30 days to have something installed? And they're like, yeah, it's going to take you a little bit. So I don't, it's just, it's crazy. You know? Well, it feels like we, we jam packed like five years of innovation in the span of, you know, three months right at the beginning of this and then spent the last three months just getting comfortable. But it was already there. It was, it was there. It that was, was the ready to happen. Part, right. It yeah. just ta- it sometimes it just takes a kick in the pants sometimes to actually jump you into doing some of this stuff, right. and that that's one of the things. And you about mentioned online this. shopping, yeah, right. I mean, think about that, yeah. Think about that success that w- just took off, you know. And did you ever think in your wildest imagination you would go to a grocery store and be able to lay down on the shelves? I mean, <laughs> think about that. I mean, I never. I mean, I mean, talk about toilet paper scares. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I went to Kroger like three weeks into this thing, and it was dang near apocalyptic yeah. looking in there. You just walked around, and you're like, there's no meat here on the meat no. counter. And it's just, just weird scenes. Yeah, I, I just never would have imagined somebody actually saying, do you have any extra toilet paper? And yeah, you're right? like, excuse me? <laughs> and, you know, and, and stockpiling of supplies that consisted of Lysol, toilet paper, Clorox wipes, uh, paper towels, and you're like, what is what, this is insane and so this is something that you know we will live through we're going to get through all of this all of us that have had to get through this will be able to tell the stories there are generations of kids um will will just these are stories that we will tell and tell and tell of what we had to go through and and I kind of relate it back to as we look at history and we think about 911 and we think about people um, that when when I tell stories about the day after 9/11, or or actually even the day that evening after 9/11, mm-hmm. and sitting at home and on the back patio, and it, the silence that took place was unbelievable. It reminded me almost of a Christmas Eve, and many times where there's just there are no cars, there's there's just no sound, 
occasionally you'd hear an airplane, but that night you heard absolutely nothing. Yeah. And when I tell that story, people are like, nah, it wasn't like that. And you're like, oh, yeah, it was, it was like that. There was no gas. I mean, there was a gas run. We didn't run out of toilet paper, but it was all these other things. So this time it's just crazy to think that we went through that, but it did. It brought, I think it brought us together as a, uh, as a race better, as a, just the, the human factor of things mm-hmm. that, you know, we'll, we'll get through this together and we will. And, and I feel, I feel on the other side of it, it's, I can't sit here and say it. Yeah. It's, it's all great and better. There's no way. Yeah. Um, but is it improving every day? We, every day we need to take a step forward. Some days we take five steps backwards and that's the way it's going to be. That's, that's life. Um, but we have to learn from mistakes. We have to move forward with things and we just have to, we just have to keep pressing forward for all of us. It's a time for the history books, and uh, this has been a podcast for the history books. I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm, well, I'm really excited to be back. Yeah. And Tyler was honestly, was, I, we we I, we walked in the door, and you know you're not supposed to shake, and I'm like, screw it, I'm shaking, and I'm hugging, man. We're back. I'm not. Bring it in. We, we got we, we got to get back. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it may not be the right thing to do, but we're gonna we're back. It's the it's the reintroduction. Yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna go uh, get our Purell out and uh, <laughs> Purell down. But yeah, but uh, it's great to be back. Well, it's great to have you back. I'm excited to keep moving forward with this. Um, so, Bill Casco, Frontline Source Group. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you, Tyler. Make sure you guys. Uh, we had a little snafu with Apple in our podcast during the the break too, but it should all be back up there. You guys appreciate you listening, sharing, uh, comments, and everything else. Uh, the email address is media relations at frtline.com if you have ideas people you'd like to hear we'd love to hear that as well yes send those in send those in make sure you're subscribed there on apple Podcasts or spotify wherever you get your podcast these days and we'll be back soon with more episodes but until then i've been your host today tyler kern for bill casco we'll talk again soon thanks everybody Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.